Grace Free Church, it is so good to be back with you after a couple weeks off. I've really needed it. I'm working on learning how to steward my giftedness and rest and do all those things God calls us to do following Him. And it was just a spiritually refreshing time. But I am excited to be back with you today. Hey, online campus, online location, I love you. It is exciting to be back here. Thank you for being a part of this place. Now's a great time to ship the kids over to the kids' campus by popping open a device and clicking that yellow button underneath here or going to gracefreechurch.live slash kids. I think I got something for you in this message. I think God's got something for you in this message. He's been firing me up about it for two weeks now as I've been preparing for this series. It's a brand new series. It's our Christmas series, and it's called, you ready for it, Room Enough. We're going to run this series till right after Christmas, and uh, I'm really excited about the messages God's been laying on my heart for these talks and the passages he has been just shouting at me about, like in love. It's, I'm pumped for this. I hope you are too. Would you grab your Bible or device and maybe kind of like focus in, eliminate some distractions so you can get what God has for you today? Did I mention, I'm so pumped you're a part of our online location. I can't wait to connect with you. And if you have any questions or messages or prayer requests for me personally, just put those in the connect button or put them in the chat and somebody will get those to me and I'll be sure to respond to you this week. I just want to build that connection with you. Our online location is legit in every way and I'm excited that you're here. Would you pray with me and we'll just jump in? Dear God, we thank you for loving us we thank you for your presence that's with us, wherever we are, wherever we're watching, whenever we're watching, you're here with us, and you have something for each of us, myself included, through your word. We know our worlds are full of distractions, and what we need for you, from you is just help eliminating those distractions right now in these moments so that we can hear and see what you have for us. We need you. We don't need me. We don't, we just need you. Would your spirit move in this place and in these living rooms and wherever this is being watched, would your spirit move and draw us to you? In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're starting our series called Room Enough, and this first message, it's called Room enough to move from anxiety to adoration. I know, lots of A's in there. We, we want to learn how to have room enough in our hearts and in our lives to move from anxiety to adoration. And we're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 1. We're just looking at part of the Christmas story to kick this off. And we're starting with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I want to read to you a part of this now. We're going to jump into the whole story later at the end of this chapter in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Let me just, let me just, you, you good? Let me just read this to you. Then we're going to get into it. I think there's four just really deep and meaningful ways that you can move from anxiety to adoration, no matter what your circumstances look like right now. I can't wait. Here we go. 
It says this, in the sixth month, by the way, this triggers all kinds of Christmas feelings. Do you know? Like this is, this, just telling the Christmas story triggers all kinds of jolly, ho, 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 kind of Merry Christmas feelings. You ready for that? I hope you are. We turn the page on Thanksgiving. It's time. Full, full board, die hard towards Christmas right now. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And by the way, when I read this, I'm always aware of how much I appreciate those Christmassy types of voices that read this story, you know? You got a little English accent or whatever vibe going, and they're telling. Anyway, just bear with me. It says, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary, greatly troubled at, these, at his words, and was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will, be, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, his kingdom will never end. I don't know what triggers Christmas feelings for you. I got all kinds of Christmas feelings feelings that trigger. Sometimes I think people just the first hint of Christmas air, the first cool breeze that brushes through any time in fall starts the, the, the kickoff to the Christmas celebration. I know some people that call this church home who started playing Christmas music as soon as we finished August. We were still doing tailgates out in the, out in the parking lot because the weather was that warm and they were already tuning up for Christmas. To them, Thanksgiving's just a pit stop on the way to Christmas. They don't even count it. It's just like an appetizer. I don't know what triggers Christmas for you. Die Hard triggers Christmas for me. One of the greatest Christmas movies ever when I see it on TV or, or, or I hear it's being played or I, I, I watch it pop up on Netflix. It just makes all of those Christmas feelings stir up in me. For my, my wonderful wife, it's probably Holiday Inn. Like we get to Thanksgiving and Holiday Inn movie uh, that, guy, that guy Bing, right? Like that was the guy, I think. And uh, I should know that by now. Like that just starts the process and that leads right into White Christmas. And before Thanksgiving weekend is even over, we've moved from Holiday Inn to White Christmas. You might as well throw all the decorations up, kill everything else on the radio. It's Christmas season now. I don't know what triggers Christmas feelings for you. I think we all have different kinds of Christmas things that Maybe it's the smell of the pine trees. Maybe it's watching somebody, the first, first vehicles pull down the road. All kinds of things can trigger Christmas feelings. And all kinds of things can trigger anxiety. We've talked about anxiety a lot over the last couple months. But as I reviewed those messages, one thing I realized is we haven't talked a lot about the things that trigger anxiety. You have things in your life that trigger anxiety, and they, they may be different for each of us, but we all have these triggers that pop up. 
when I think about the things that trigger anxiety for me, they pretty much all can be found in my kitchen from time to time. Like, maybe not how you're thinking. Anytime there's uncertainty, you know, like, hey, Josh, did you take care of that thing? All of a sudden, uncertainty is interjected into my life, and I start to feel anxiety because anxiety has been triggered. What do you mean? What thing? I don't, I don't know what thing you're talking about. I, I'm not sure if I remember, but I don't want to say it out loud because if I say it out loud, I'm basically gambling, and if I miss, and I'm, then I'm stuck, and I, all of a sudden, I start to imagine the trouble that's brewing, and maybe that's an anxiety trigger for you. As soon as you anticipate some trouble, as soon as you anticipate things going bad, you're filled with anxiety. Maybe you anticipate relational conflict. For a lot of people, that's, uh, that's a big anxiety trigger. You're imagining things that, well, you just feel those moments where things get tense with people you love and your anxiety stirs up. But I think that one of the biggest triggers is when our plans get ruined. You see, we're so good at planning things. We're so good at setting out the course we think we see for our lives. We're so good at trying to figure out what we want to see happen and how we want to see happen and laying out the plans for our lives. But Man, life just doesn't play by our rules. Other people don't play by our rules. It's almost as if we're the only ones who care about our plans. It's almost as if, like, our plans are so important to us, but they're not really important to everybody else. Nobody asks us when they want to interrupt our plans. But when our plans get interrupted, it triggers all kinds of feelings of anxiety. It's one of the biggest anxiety triggers, so I can't imagine what it was like to be Mary. I mean, here Mary is, and her whole circumstance gets interjected with uncertainty. The, the trouble she's perceiving as she starts to find out what God is doing in her life, it's, it's going to add a ton of relational conflict to her life. Her plans just got shattered. She had amazing plans. She was betrothed to be married. In her time, in her culture, that was a 12-month period of engagement where they were practically considered married. In, in fact, to break off a betrothment, I don't even know if that's what they call it, you would have to officially get a divorce or approve to, to break that off. It was 12 months where Physical interaction was nothing between the couple, and social interaction was minimal. It was a process of which they prepared for their future lives together. I know that sounds crazy to us in our culture. Twelve months, you get engaged, and then you hardly see the person. You can't touch the person. There's no goodbye kisses. There's none of that. You're just each preparing for the future that you're going to try to build together. She was betrothed, and with that betrothal came all kinds of big plans, big, exciting plans, the best kind of plans. And you know this, right? The bigger the plan, the better the plan, the harder it hits when that plan gets interrupted, disturbed, or just trashed. So many of us, we got big plans. I look back uh, as I was preparing for this message, uh, and, and we're thinking through the, fir- the series coming up. We got some awesome 
sermon series, message series coming up in 2021. I want to tell you what they are now. I think I'll hold off on that for right now, but we're going to start 2021 epically. As I was, I was look, preparing, I look back on the messages we started the year 2020 with before we knew how jacked up our plans were going to be, and we preached a series called I Quit, and the one that hit me in the face was, I quit being owned by my circumstances. Oh, man, how that message became so much clearer as my plans for 2020 got, got destroyed my plans, but not God's plans. See, the bigger and the better our plans, the harder it is when they come tumbling down. The anxiety fills us. I can't imagine, Mary. I mean, here what I read to you was just the introduction. It was just God introducing himself. Gabriel comes as a messenger of God and says, hey, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's a really good message. That's a, that's some that's a sentence from heaven that's like, man, that is, somebody tell me that. Like, I want somebody to tell me that. Yo, hey, just wanted you to know, like, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Try dropping that on the, on the, at the drive through window at McDonald's next time you walk through there. Try dropping that on the cashier at Dunkin' Donuts next time you're in there. Hey, greetings. You are highly favored. God is with you. I'd be like, I don't know what I did, but I feel kind of good. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, this guy might be crazy, but that's a good message. This angel Gabriel shows up. And says something absolutely amazing to Mary. But Mary misses the good because she can't see through the uncertainty. <laughs> I wonder how many times I've missed the really good message because it caught me off guard. Because it seemed like an interruption to my plan. I wonder how many times I've missed what God has for me, what he wants to say to me, his message for me, because I can't see what he is saying to me. I can't see the good through the uncertainty of my circumstances. I wonder if I miss it because I can't hear through the noise and the clutter in my life what God has been trying to tell me. I wonder if I miss what God's saying. I wonder if you miss it too sometimes. I'm certain I have. You're probably not much different than I am. You see, I think we, we can miss the good things God's trying to tell us because we're blinded by the uncertainty of our circumstances. Because we can't hear his voice through the clutter and the noise in our lives. Mary, she's reacts to this introduction. It's just the introduction. God was just getting started. It's a crazy intro, but it was an all-good intro. She couldn't see it. She couldn't hear it through the fear and uncertainty. It got lost in the overwhelming sense that this was a brand new experience, something unexpected, a surprise she wasn't ready for. It got, it got lost in that, and so Mary was greatly troubled at his words. She didn't hear the words. She was greatly troubled at the words, but she didn't really hear them. Because those words were, God is with you. You are highly favored. 
Listen, don't lose what God's trying to say to you through the circumstances. Don't miss it because your life is filled with clutter and noise. Maybe it's time to clear the table at the start of your day, to get rid of the apps on your phone, to turn back the noise, to give yourself some pause and some space and some rest, to Focus in on him and to hear him clearly. Maybe it's time to take a bigger view of your circumstances so you don't miss what God's trying to say to you. God was just getting started with Mary, and it was something good. He was getting started on something amazing. He was getting started on something better than she ever could have imagined. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it because I get lost in the intro to what God wants to do in my life because I'm all tangled up in my circumstances and the noise of my life. Don't fear, the angel said. Mary, you have found favor with God. It's the same thing he said at the intro. It was time for her to hear it. You don't have to fear because he favors you. I looked at this, I'm like, yeah, he favors Mary. We know that Mary was faithful and following Jesus from a very young age, that she had committed her heart to him, that she had walked well and faithfully with her Lord, that she was worshiping him, <laughs> that, that her God was such a meaningful part of her life. Am I that favored? Like if my life doesn't look as faithful as Mary's, am I that favored? I think Job, in Job chapter 10 and verse 12, he said this. This is after he lost everything. Talking to God. He said, you have granted me life and favor. And you, your care has preserved my spirit. You can, that favor is the old King James version right there. That word, it just breaks it so clearly. Maybe in your translation it says, your steadfast love or your unfailing love. You have granted me life and your unfailing love, your steadfast love, your favor, your care has preserved my spirit. Listen, if Job, after he lost everything, could say, God favors me, then I think I can say it too. I think you can say it too. I think Ephesians 2, I almost lost my Bible. I got so excited right there. Says it says it like this, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions, before we even knew who he was, while we were dead in our sin, while we were stuck in our ways, while we were actively rebelling against him, his love, his love was pointed towards us. His mercy was focused on us, and it was by grace that we were saved. You see, I think if Mary was favored and Job can say he was favored, I think Ephesians teaches us that we were favored even while we were dead in our sins. God's love turned towards us. His mercy turns towards us. You can say it too. He favors you. That's what his grace is all about. God favors you. I know you don't feel like it should apply. I get that you feel like your past is too dirty or messy for him. 
I get that you feel like you don't deserve it, but deserves got nothing to do with it. He favors you because of who he is. He favors you and he loves you. See, Mary, like, key number one to realize in your life uh, from moving from anxiety to adoration is that God's just getting started with your life. You shouldn't expect to be there yet. There's going to be some hiccups in the road. He's just getting started. And if he starts it, he's going to finish it. Philippians 1, 6, for he who began a good work in you will complete it. God's just getting started. I know you feel anxiety about the journey. Let God do his thing. You can trust him. He's going to start something and he's going to complete it. And he favors you. You got to know who you are to him. You know who you are to other people. It, it drives you crazy. You talk about it. You worry about it. You, you read into every Facebook post or Instagram story. Like you're, 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 We know who we are to other people. It's time to know who you are to God. He favors you. He favors you. It's repeated twice here to Mary. I think it's something that we need to hear over and over and over again till we can get it through our thick and broken hearts. God's favor is for you, no matter who you are, no matter how broken, no matter how ashamed you feel, no matter how devastated or hopeless you think your future looks. He favors you. And he's for you. That's why we say that all the time. Like, listen, we're for you because God is for you. I'm tired of everybody knowing what every, everybody, everybody wants to talk about what they're against. God is for you. We are too. She still didn't get it, right? Like, so, so she still got big questions. Uh, I think she's starting to move from anxiety to adoration because she's realizing God started something in her. And if he starts it, is it going to be? A, he's going to he's going to do the heavy lifting. I think she's starting. It's starting to sink in that God loves her. He's with her. He favors her. She's starting to know who she is to him. But she's still got big questions. I don't know why we think that there aren't questions on the journey. She says in verse thirty-four, the most obvious, the the, the most. The easiest to see common question in this whole story is how in the world is that going to happen? Like, I, I'm, I, I'm not having no baby. I'm not, ha I don't, I don't, I'm not doing, I didn't do, none of that stuff's happening in my life. I'm not, I'm not having no baby. I'm not having no, how? How's that supposed to, like, I'm betrothed to be married. I'm, you know, like, still avert. I got, how is that supposed to be? She still has big questions. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come to you and the power of the Most High. Now, this is important theology here. This is the virgin birth. It's not figurative. It's not, this is a literal explanation here. That's important to know. The Holy Spirit will come on you. It's a miracle. Don't make it anything less. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, there's always backup proof. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she 
who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word of the Lord will ever fail. And Mary replied, I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. You see, that's trust. You want to move from anxiety to fear. You got to know that God's just getting started in your life and he'll take you where you need to be. You need to know who you are to him and you got to realize that that's trust. It's not always easy. It's got its challenges. You're going to have questions along the way, just like Mary. But trust is understanding. Faith is walking in the midst of the pressure. It's a reasonable faith we have. And I love that God always affirms it with some backup truth. Like, hey, by the way, Elizabeth's pregnant. You're going to see, like, God's doing something. And he's going to let you know he's doing something. He's going to affirm what he's doing in your life, in the stories that are around you. You're not going to be left to walk blindly. Our faith is a reasonable faith. Reasonable faith. But it's faith. And faith is best lived out. Trust adds its value to your life when the pressure's cranked up. I mean, talk about pressure. Here she is. She's going to have to explain this to Joseph. She didn't know God was going to send the message to him. What if he doesn't believe me? What about her family? What about her reputation? What about all the plans she had for her life? What will people say? What are they going to do? Like all these big questions, not knowing the answers to all of those questions, filled with uncertainty, filled with fear, filled with broken plans, she decides to trust your faith best serves you under pressure. It's easy to have faith when everything's going good. It's easy to trust him when everything's going good. But when, when, when things get hard and difficult for you, when the anxiety ramps up, that's when you need to lean deeper into your faith. That's when you got to press deeper into your relationship with God. That's what trust is. It's not always easy. And it always serves you well. She runs off to Mary. She hurries out. It says that she hurried out of town in verse 39 into the hill country of Judea. She like hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. Like she's out of there. She's running to her safe place. She's running to where she knows she can find comfort in, in the understanding and the care of her sister Elizabeth. I wonder if she was thinking she's going to show up and just be like, hey, I got big news don't miss it. I got big news for you. Don't, hey, like, wait till you hear this, Elizabeth. Like, I wonder. But, but when she shows up there, it says this. It shows, when she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, like before Mary even got out her story, like, Elizabeth says, blessed are you among Women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? It's a prophetic exclamation point on this story. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, my baby in my womb leaped for joy. 
Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary couldn't even get it out. She couldn't even be like, I got news. She ran to where she hoped she would find comfort, where she, where she knew she could tell her story and be heard and listened to, and maybe Elizabeth would understand, and maybe Elizabeth would help, and what she found was God already beat her there. He beat her there. You see, this is a God who goes before you, who hems you in on either side. In Psalm 139, verse 5, it says, You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. In Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you, and you will never, and he will never fail you or forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. God always beats you there. I don't know what you're worried about in your future, but God goes before you if you're his. He beats you there. You can move from anxiety to adoration because there's no place you're going to step that God hasn't been there before you. He is preparing the, the place for you. He's preparing your steps for you. He, he's been there. He's going to be with you in the moment, but he's been there preparing you. It's a greater comfort than what she thought she needed. You see, a greater comfort is knowing God's presence in the midst of uncertain circumstances. I don't know what you think you need for comfort. Maybe your circumstances change. Maybe you need a little relief, a break from the pressure. Listen, the comfort we really need comes from understanding that the presence of God goes before us and will never step into a space he hasn't gone before us into and it comes from knowing his presence now God beats you there I wonder if maybe that's what you need more than a change to your circumstances more than some relief from the pressure I wonder if what you need is to just clear the space to know his presence right now in the middle of your pain and uncertainty and difficulty there's four things in this passage that we busted out right there. Four things to move from anxiety to worship, from anxiety to adoration. And the first thing was to realize God's just getting started. You don't have to fear because if you know who you are to God, he favors you. Understanding that that's just what trust is. It's, it's there for us in the pressure. It's taking reasonable steps of faith to follow Jesus without all the answers. That's what trust is. We don't have to see the whole plan. We just have to trust the one who makes the plan for us and release our own ideas. It's, it's knowing that God beats us there no matter what life looks like, that he is with us in it, that his presence goes before us, that he hems us in behind that's how to move from anxiety to adoration. And Elizabeth called it out. And I just want to call it out for you. Elizabeth called it out. Blessed is the one who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises. I'm calling it out for you right now like Elizabeth called. Maybe you just need the affirmation. God will always affirm your steps. I just want to affirm I want to affirm it for somebody right now. Blessed are you if your plans have been shattered. 
but you know God is with you in the midst of it. Blessed are you when your heart has been broken, but you know that God will always be with you. Blessed are, with, are you when you can see past the uncertainty to hear his voice. Blessed are you when you know how favored you are, even when everyone else would reject you. Blessed are you who are trying to follow God, even with the, the unanswered questions, even with the doubts and the struggles. Blessed are you for listening to his voice, even when it's difficult to hear. Blessed are you for letting go of your plans and loosening your grip on your life for something better. Blessed are you when you embrace God's purpose for you, even if it's something different than what you expected to find. And blessed are you when you realize that God's just getting started with you and that if he starts it, He's going to finish it. Blessed are you. Move your life from anxiety to adoration. You are a child of the king. The Messiah has come for you. Make room enough in your life to let go of your plans and to embrace what he has for you. He's got good things. And Mary's soul cried out in song. Just like our souls are going to cry out in song in a moment. Her soul cried out in song in the rest of the chapter. My soul glorified the the Lord, she sang. My spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of his humble state. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We can't always see it in the, in the clutter of our circumstances. We don't always hear it through the banging clatter of the noise in our lives. But we mean so much to you. You sent your son for us. Help this season to be one where our hearts are overcome with joy because of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.